day. We were scheduled to continue in our series that we've been in the last several weeks called This We Believe. And with today being Pentecost Sunday, we scheduled to study and learn about the Holy Spirit. However, current events have necessitated a pivot from our church calendar and the preaching calendar. To set the record straight, we don't allow the culture to dictate our preaching. However, this current moment and the happenings in our country demand a gospel response. Beloved, in case you are not aware, we are a multi-ethnic church. And given that we are a multi-ethnic church, we don't have the luxury of putting our heads in the sand and acting as if we are unaware of what is happening in our country. Being a multi-ethnic church means that we have to deal with issues of race and racism that permeate our country. And so today, I want to equip the people of the Bridge Church and all of those who have joined us for this live stream with the gospel to help us think through, process through the events, our emotions, and how we should respond as the people of God. What has precipitated this current situation is on Monday, May 25th of the year of our Lord, 2020, the police were called to the 3700 block of Chicago Avenue in Minneapolis, Minnesota, because a customer at a convenience store tried to pass a fake $20 bill. When the police arrived to the scene, it is reported that they found him inside of a vehicle and he appeared to be intoxicated. After being ordered by the police to get out of the car, he allegedly resisted officers. Video footage shows the officer subduing the suspect. However, one particular officer pinned the suspect down by inserting his knee into the neck of the suspect for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And though 
the individual who had been subdued repeatedly told the officers that he could not breathe. The officer kept his knee in his neck. The man became unconscious and was later pronounced dead. That man's name is George Floyd. George Floyd was a black man. The officer that kept his knee in his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds was a white police officer. America, we have a problem. America, we've had a problem. Unarmed black males dying at the hands of white police officers. And all too often, justice has been denied or at best delayed. Beloved, we are living in tumultuous times. People are protesting in over 30 cities in America, riots have erupted in several cities, in several states. Businesses are being looted. Buildings are being destroyed. We are experiencing a time of national unrest. What amazes me is that we pledge to be one nation under God. But right now, it feels like a nation divided under the kingdom of darkness. In this moment, people of color, especially black people, are experiencing a host of emotions ranging from rage and anger to sadness, grief, fear, and helplessness. And to make matters worse, there are certain people who have the audacity to tell people of color how they should and should not feel in this moment. I must tell you that when situations like this happen in our country, oftentimes I will receive caring text messages and emails Asking, how am I doing? And I usually respond fairly truthfully and honestly. However, I must admit that my response is somewhat watered down most of the time because I want to minimize the other person feeling too uncomfortable. Beloved, today I come to you as a fellow believer in Christ as a brother in Christ, and I plan to be very transparent and vulnerable with you this morning. As a man of color with two black children, if you were to ask me how am I doing, if I were to be completely honest with you, I would have to tell you truthfully, I'm mad as hell. 
And one reason I'm so mad is because church folks will be more outraged about how I use the word hell than they are outraged about the black man who was murdered in the middle of a street by somebody who said that they would protect and serve him. Y'all, I'm mad because every time events like this happen, I have to sit my black son and my black daughter down and remind them that they are a perceived danger to others, not because of their actions or their behaviors, but because of the color of their skin. Beloved, I'm mad. Because every time I get pulled over for a traffic violation, I fear I will be the next George Floyd. I'm mad because I regularly have to experience the disappointment on my son's face when I tell him he can't wear a certain piece of jewelry or a certain hairstyle because he will be seen as a thug. I'm mad because every time my son wears a hoodie and puts the hood on his head, I wonder if this is the day my son becomes the next Trayvon Martin. I'm mad because some white people love my son as long as he's scoring baskets or scoring touchdowns, but as soon as he tries to date their daughter, they have a problem with him. I'm also tired. As a leader of a multi-ethnic church, I'm working to be a bridge between ethnicities. But the problem with being a bridge is you get walked all over. I'm tired because I feel like I'm in a constant spiritual fight. I'm in the boxing ring and all I do is it feels like I take body blows. Body blows like in the five years that I've been in Wichita, I've been accused of having a racist agenda. It's been said that I'm too political in my preaching because I address issues of race, immigration, and justice reform. People have left the church over me addressing issues of social justice. A handful of white people have said my preaching style is too much for them. I'm too involved in the singing in worship. And these body blows have just made me tired. I'm, I'm exhausted. Y'all, I'm tired of always trying to make white people comfortable around me. Making sure I'm not too loud, too passionate, too honest. Y'all, I'm tired because I don't know if after preaching this message, if I'll have a job. I'm tired because even if I get to keep my job, I don't know if I'll come back to a church. I'm heartbroken because when things like this happen, I'm not sure if I can seek refuge in my own church. I'm tired because I know if I were to preach this message in the black church, I'd get a pat on the back after the service. But even in this multi-ethnic church, some have already closed their browser. 
Some have already decided that they will never listen to a message from me again. Some have decided they will never step foot inside the British church as long as I am the pastor. I'm mad. I'm tired. But church, I'm sad. I'm sad that the blood of fellow black image bearers continues to be shed unjustly. I'm sad because this feels like a cycle that will never end. Beloved, I must, I want you to be aware that the most, the emotions that I'm experiencing are not isolated to me. Your fellow black brothers and sisters and other people of color are experiencing some of the same emotions right now. But in the family of Christ, they are too afraid to share that with people that don't look like them. And this ought not be so because my Bible says that you ought to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. This is a time of lament. However, as the church, we are not to be led by our emotions, but by the truth. It is the truth that sanctifies us and sets us free. So let me share with you briefly some truth from the word of God, and then I'll be done. For this morning, I want us to consider one verse from the book of Romans chapter 5. Verse 1, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Beloved, if I were to give a title to today's sermon, I would title it, No Justice, No Peace. No Justice, No Peace. Those four words are the chants you would hear if you were to participate in or watch some of the protests around the country. They go up and down the streets crying out, no justice, no peace. And what they mean by that is that there will not be peace in the city or in the streets as long as there is no justice for the wronged. Now, by no means am I embracing rioting or looting or anything of that sort. But I do believe in civil unrest and peaceful protest. The thing about that chant, that rally cry of no justice, no peace, is that it actually is quite theological. I believe the rallying cry of no justice, no peace is a gospel declaration. Let me make my case. The Apostle Paul, in the prior chapters, prior to chapter 5, has made his case that all men are depraved. 
They are corrupt. In chapter 1, he says that the unrighteous have honored God or have, few, have not honored God or given thanks to him. They have exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images re resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. The, the depravity of man is evidenced by the fact that the unrighteous exchange the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve the, create, the creature rather than the creator. As a result, God has given them up to the lust of their hearts and to dishonorable passions. God has left the unrighteous to their own devices. In chapter 3, Paul goes on to share us with the corruption of mankind by saying that there is none good. No one understands. None is righteous. No one seeks God. And he sums up the plight of mankind in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, by declaring that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And beloved, because all sin, all are under the wrath of God. Sin is a crime against God. And as a result of sin, all men are enemies of God because we have rebelled against our creator. We have a hostile relationship with God. See, what we have to understand is that sin is received by our creator king as an act of aggression. Sin is a declaration of war against kings. And God, being holy and just, must punish sin. The punishment for sin is always death. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. Beloved, what every man deserves is death because of sin. Divine justice demands death. The only problem is that sinners are unfit to satisfy the wrath of God. The requirement to fully satisfy the wrath of God or atone for sin is that the one dying must be unblemished, unstained, sinless. There's another problem. Since Man's sin, man must die. Yet a man is unqualified to die for his own sins because he is a sinner. Yet a man must still die for his own sins. So what happens? God takes on human flesh and becomes a man. That, that God-man is Jesus, the Son of God. In the place of sinful man, the sinless Jesus dies our death on our behalf. Jesus takes our punishment. Jesus becomes our substitute. Jesus dies on the cross for our sins. And through the death of Christ at the cross, justice is served. Because the penalty for sin has been paid. 
And as a result, now sinful man can be saved from the wrathful judgment of God. Those who are enemies of God can now be friends of God. Those who were hostile toward God can now be at peace with God. This, beloved, is the gospel. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 4, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, to be justified means to be declared righteous. It is to be, though you are guilty, God says he sees you as not guilty because of the blood of Christ. That word justified in the Greek can also be translated justice. So we are justified because God has received justice. Here's the whole point of what I've been trying to say from Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Notice the process in Romans 5 and 1. It is justice that leads to peace. Since we have been justified, we have peace with God. Justice is the means, peace is the ends. No justice, no peace. Gospel. Beloved, I've told you this before, but it's necessary that I repeat it again. Justice is at the very heart of the gospel. Remove justice from the equation and you have no gospel. Take away justice and all you have left is judgment. So when people tell preachers like me that instead of preaching on matters of justice, I should just preach the gospel, that's exactly what I'm doing this morning. Beloved, I submit to you that the most outspoken people right now ought to be those who have been justified by faith. The people who ought to be most outraged, whether you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, or the other, whatever it might be, you ought to be mad as hell just like me. Because this is a gospel matter. This is a gospel issue. The church ought to be on the front lines of fighting injustice. And we know this. We know this. You know how I know we know it? Because we cherry pick our justice issues. Because we believe in justice because we fight for justice for the unborn every election season. But my question to you, what about justice for unarmed black men and women? What about justice for those in prison for life for nonviolent crimes? What about justice for people of color who get longer jail sentences than their white counterparts for the very same crimes? What about justice for the poor who can't afford adequate legal representation? What about justice for the immigrant? If you really are a gospel person and evangelical, then just like you fight for justice for the unborn, you ought to be just as concerned for justice for every one of those other issues I just outlined. Love, these are all gospel matters that break the very heart of God. I'm done. 
because they told me just to preach the gospel, so that's what I decided to do this morning. A lot of people are praying for peace right now, and that's good. We need to pray for that. But beloved, if you're going to pray for peace, then you better pray for justice as well. Because the gospel teaches us no justice, no peace. Pray for justice. Advocate for justice. Now let me make something very clear, very, very, very clear. I am not a person who hates the police. I don't think all white police officers are corrupt. I don't think the majority of white police officers are corrupt. But there are some who are, and they need to be uprooted. Beloved, no justice, no peace. I know you want me to give you solutions this morning. But y'all, I'm grieving. And I just want time to grieve before we start talking about solutions. And so I think what we need to do is just lament. Allow us to grieve. Whether you're white, black, or whatever race or ethnicity you are. I feel like I've lost my own brother. And people are telling me to, let's get to work. Let's fix the situation. I need to mourn. We need to mourn. Beloved, this is a matter of the gospel. I don't think this is a political issue. I think for the church, it is first and foremost a gospel issue. Every matter of justice is a gospel issue. And until we change our minds and hearts about this matter, our churches will remain segregated. The 11 o'clock hour will remain the most segregated hour in America as long as we have a, a truncated gospel. I'm always available to talk. You can email me. Text me, call me, meet me. You have any concerns or if you want to agree with me. No justice, no peace. Let's pray. Lord, this has been a hard week for me. I must confess that I've struggled to find the words to express my emotions this week. I must admit that it's been hard for me to pray. And even in this moment, this is a difficult task. I'm grateful for Jesus who in these moments when I can't pray for myself, he is a faithful high priest. He makes intercession on my behalf. And so even as we were supposed to study the Holy Spirit, we also know that the Spirit makes intercession for us. And so Holy Spirit, 
I need your help. We need your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.